0: Happy Mother's Day, you know, like like Ali's already said, you know, there's so many that actually this is their first Mother's Day, uh, and just uh, so thankful for that, and uh, it's exciting to be a part of a church where there's that many, plus just new babies, and some it's the first, some they're, I think, fifth, I think that we're up to that, so it's pretty awesome, and uh, and I am very fortunate Uh to have had one of the best mothers I could ever have imagined and be married to one of the best mothers I ever could imagine. And so, you know, not everybody gets to say that. And uh, I count myself very privileged and not sure I had anything to do with either one of them, to be honest with you. Uh, I sure did not the first one. And, uh, and, and uh, Mary and Jan was, that was of the Lord, that's all I can tell you. And uh, so it's uh, it's great today. So what we're going to do today is continue in our series of roots and I'm going to try something, we'll see, I've touched on this a little bit many, many years ago, and because we're coming today on a day like Mother's Day, celebrating mothers, but also celebrating, in some ways, children, Uh, and so we're going to take a a stab at this today, but I want to give you our two scriptures we've been kind of launching off of in our Roots series, and again, back, let me, before I read those, uh, again, back to Dr. Dan's drawing, is this line of where we come to know Christ and it is this thought of we get on, many of us are on fire. Man, we are flying. Some are just, just going as hard as we can go. But somewhere along the way, it begins to fade. Somewhere along the way, we begin to lose the momentum, if you will. And as Dr. Dan has said, and I've repeated, and I'm sure he heard it from somebody else, but I'll eventually just use it for my own quotes and leave him out of it. But we see it all around us, right? But especially in this, personally. It's subtle till it's not. It's that little bit at a time. We see it in culture, things, different things. It's a little bit at a time, and all of a sudden, it's not a little bit. All of a sudden, it's boom. It's facing us. It's, it's, it's screaming at us almost. And we ask ourselves, how did we get here? How did we get here? But back to our roots, Colossians 2, 6, 7, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted, built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Ephesians 3, 16 through 19 I pray that you out of these glory, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you. Back to that word, strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love. We have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Being rooted and established in love. So as we come to Mother's Day, as we look back, Uh, as we look back at the roots of where we are, don't you wish, and we know this is not the case, don't you wish that every child that was born was born into an atmosphere that was rooted and established in love? What a different world we'd have. Every child born is rooted and established in love. And that child is born without the concept of God, but they begin to get this concept. We'll talk about that. They don't know how wide and how deep and how long. They don't know how much they're loved. It's so overwhelming, and it's so rooted and established in love. What if everything you begin to do in life, you brought it back to that? And we could talk for days, I could talk to you about how to deal with confrontation, different things, rooted and established in love. How can I deal with confrontation? You can. Rooted and established in love. You really can. But we ain't going to talk about that today. What we're going to talk about today being Mother's Day is Jesus' words out of Mark chapter 18, 1 through 5, You can turn there or look it up on your electronic device, or you can look up on the screen also. The story is found in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, but but in context, the disciples are on their way to Capernaum, and they've been arguing on one of the things I'm sure you've argued about in your own converse, private conversation, who's going to be the greatest? Who's going to be the greatest? And again, what's interesting about this, in context, the best I can understand it, they've seen some pretty awesome things up to this point. They've been exposed to a a lot of awesome things, and here they are arguing about who's going to be the greatest. Now, if you understand Scripture and you understand the disciples, you realize they just don't get it sometimes. Somehow or another, they've missed the point. So Jesus addresses it this way Matthew 18, 1 through 5. At the time the disciples came to Jesus, who then is going to be the greatest, greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child to him and placed the child among them. I like that. He placed the child among them. He did just he put it among, he moved the child into them. Because the Jewish people appreciated children just the reason they appreciated them so much and it was because they'll hopefully grow up and be something. But where they were right then really didn't mean much. So Jesus takes something that really in their eyes at that point were not of great value and places that child amongst them. And he said, truly I tell you, Unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, who takes, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes such one such child in my name welcomes me. First, Jesus humbles the disciples pretty quick here, slows them down a little bit. I didn't come to be served, but to what? Serve. Jesus begins to turn the narrative, begins to turn the way they were thinking, because that's one of the challenges for all of us, right? We'll address it today, as we think wrong. We've had this, we've lived in the world long enough, wherever, maybe even the Anywhere in the world, not just in the U.S., but we have this way of thinking that we're working our way to be in control, be at the top, be the half percenters, whoever we are. We're working our way there. Jesus comes along and goes, "Now we're not going to think that way anymore. Matter of fact, you can't think that way and understand what's going on in the kingdom. You just can't. So what we're going to do today, I hope, will help us to camp out because, again, I left you last week reading out of 1 Corinthians 2, the end of 1 Corinthians 2 and the beginning of 1 Corinthians chapter 3, where Paul is saying to his brothers and sisters, he says, I would like to talk to you as mature people, as adults, but I can't because you're still acting like mere men, but you're still acting like kids. I still have to give you milk. Well, this is a little different today. We're going to address that again next week. We're going to pick that back up next week. But Jesus now is saying, well, you got to become as a child. So is it contradicting? Is Jesus contradicting, or is Paul contradicting Jesus? I don't think so. But let me break this passage of Scripture just briefly before I get into some things that you may be of help to, you may not be. But the first one is this. Truly I tell you. Literally it means there, amen. It's the same word, Jesus, amen. What do we know is amen? So be it. So whatever I'm about to tell you, Jesus, truly I tell you. In other words, amen, so be it. Everything I'm about to tell you, you need to pay attention. Because it is what it is. And the understanding, it's introducing a, a statement of pivotal importance it's not just important which okay we all know but it's pivotal in other words you're something's about to happen here if you grasp this that's not just the fact you go oh well i'm smarter than i was oh that's good stuff no what he's about to say to them is it's pivotal it's going to move them it's going to change something We all get good information and go, hey, I'm a little smarter on that now. But not all information we get is pivotal. Pivotal. Whatever I said. You know what I'm saying. (laughs) Pivotal. And when Jesus says truly, amen, so be it. You better be paying attention to what's about to come behind it. Unless you change, and the word "change" there is literally convert or changing. You're going this way, and you're now going that way. You've heard me use the illustration. I don't even have it in my notes here, but just for some of you, you've never heard it before. But some of you, I'm sure have from from uh, uh, Andy Stanley's uh, 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 spiritual pathway, uh, not spiritual pathway, principle pathway. He says, how can you continue to say if the right here is living fullness into everything God wants for your life, full-blown, here it is. If that's where it is, it's on this path, you can't continue to walk this way. And expect to get on this path. Not happening. So what Jesus is saying here, to become, literally means you can't keep walking the way you're walking. There has to be a change. And he goes on to say, and become, and become like little children. In other words, it's a transitioning from one point to the other. And we're going to get into that today, what that may look like. But it's a manifestation of implying that there is movement, there is growth, and we've talked about the latter over and over, there is Always, I believe, in our spiritual journey, there should always be growth. I just can't find it. I know people have pushed back over the years going, I don't really like that illustration. I don't really think that's what. what." Tell me where you can find in Scripture that there is not transformation and growth. Just show me that that's not what God has intended for us because we're being transformed back into what? His likeness. So Jesus is saying, you must become, you must, there is movement, there is growth involved in this. So when we begin to talk about roots, it is not just roots as in, you know, just, yeah, I, I've got, we cut down a tree last year, and the roots are still trying to grow another tree. And I can't get rid of it. I'm going, I go, I not want that tree anymore. I cut the big one down. <laughs> But sometimes the roots, if they don't, they'll take on their own life where you don't even want them if you're not careful. But the roots we're talking about here are going back to things that give us life, the things that keep us grounded. Again, we talked about before, it's not only the fact of a beginning time are the roots, but roots are also the stability of when the storms come. And the last one is to become like a child. A little child. And again, in Scripture, a child could be all the way up to the age of 20. So. But in this context, the best I can understand it, it is a child in training. A child in training. It's kind of funny. Children are always in training. You begin to think about when are they not learning something to some degree. Jesus in John 3.3, 3. very truly, <laughs> very truly, what does that mean? You better be listening to what I'm about to tell you. You better be paying attention because he's talking to Nicodemus here, right? Those, well, those who maybe you don't know, but you can go back and read it in John 3. He's talking to Nicodemus. Nicodemus thinks he has all the things figured out, but he's curious about this Jesus guy. He is of the Sanhedrin. He is that guy who understands the law. He understands the word, but for some reason, Jesus is different. So he comes to him, and he thinks he's got it all figured out, but Jesus blows his world up. He tells him, very truly, I tell you. No one, no matter how religious, no matter how much you've got it memorized, no matter how you've sat under great rabbis, no matter what, no matter your lineage, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What he's saying there is you cannot understand the kingdom of God. I just see it. You can't even un- you cannot understand it. Maybe you see it moving around, but you can't understand it unless you're born again. And with all the babies being born, and I've used this illustration, but I, just in case, sometimes I would rather you know use it too many times and you be bored than not use it enough and you not know understand it. And I get this picture of a baby being born naturally from a mother's womb. If everything's there, it's got hands to do, it's got ears to hear, it's got eyes to see and feet, or she does, that baby does, but until their birth from the mother's womb, they'll never use those hands, and they'll never use those feet, and they'll never use those eyes, and they'll never use those ears, they'll never use that tongue. And if we were created in the image of God, when we're born of the Spirit... Guess what? You had eyes to see what God could see, but you couldn't use until you were born again. You had feet that would go, but you wouldn't go until you were born again. You had a tongue that would speak, but it couldn't speak till it was born again. by the Spirit. It is more than just getting in, heaven bound, not arguing with that. It is more than just saying, I probably am going to hang out with different people after this, possibly. Or at least I will begin to, I don't mean I'll shun everybody else, but I'll probably need to hang out with, no, it's more than that. It is a radical restart, as if you're being born. That's what it means. That's the reason why it makes no sense for this to end up here. Because this is a radical restart. It's more than just getting in. It is literally beginning to see and think and hear and do and put your hand to whatever that is. It is a radical thing. It is is so radical that you cannot even know what it is until you are. And it really, you go, that that, that doesn't even make sense. That's not even good grammar like I've told you before. I I use bad grammar, but I have great preaching, right? No, just kidding about that. But my point is this. I don't even know how to explain it. Because a natural man cannot understand the supernatural until he's born again you can be around it you can hang out with people you can see the effects of it you can see all that but until you're born again you don't under you don't begin to, it doesn't begin to make sense and sometimes it still won't make sense to some of it to come as a child i want to run through a few things that i think children bring to the table There's a lot of things you know they you know we we can go through assume uh, and before I get into, you know, they're loving. They're, the kids are kind for the most part. We know uh, they're stingy. Yes, they self- don't have to be taught that, right? Uh, self-centeredness and selfishness. But they have lack of prejudice most of the time. I don't, you know, they all really be taught that. And, and somehow I know that comes from somewhere. But I'm going to share. I think it's 10. I should recount them here. But, you know, you do with them what you want. But the first one is this. Kids come. Children come as blank slates. Children come as blank slates. They have to learn, but they don't have to be reprogrammed. So much about when we read Scripture, Romans 12, 2 talks about it, that we have to be retaught. I don't think most of us spend enough time on what that means. We read it. But Paul says, no longer conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. No longer conform to the pattern of this world. What am I supposed to be thinking? What, am I in the Word? Am I comparing God's Word? Am I comparing what I believe God's truths are to the ways of this world? Am I putting enough effort into it, or am I just going along? You want to know how you end up here and losing the fire? Not willing to consistently challenge The world's thinking to God's thinking. Because it's subtle till it's not. Personally, it is a huge challenge for me of not just getting in the groove. If it's just easier to do the ways of the world. And what I think is one of the biggest things I think I heard years ago is that this, what God does It's just what God wants to do in your life is not a new thing added to what all your other thinking is. Okay, what I'm saying, yeah, I hope you understand what I'm saying. Your thinking's over here, just add this to it, and then you'll have all this. It means you may have to reprogram all that and deprogram it and begin to think a whole different way. Like I said earlier, why, if I wanted to confront somebody, would I want to do it rooted in love? Why in the world would I even want to do that? Because I'm different now. Because everything I do is rooted in love. Well, that's not the way the world would say, man, you go after them, you sue them, you, you criticize them, you post something, you do something. That's what you do. You go after them, you cut them down, you shame them. Well, I have to be reprogrammed, not only in my own personal how the enemy has been telling me about guilt and shame all these years, but I have to actually start thinking that way different towards other people. For I want a conversation, and not an altercation. But it's a different way of thinking. But what's awesome is, it's just like the back of this piece of paper here. Well, I was wrong. It's not blank. So I won't say that. Maybe this one. Oh, I don't know. I give up. Should have brought my own props, huh? Here you go. There you go. I'm looking, looking. I pull out my MacGyver here all of a sudden going, okay, what do I have to work with here? There's never a point where if you begin to start walking with Jesus, oh, I can't go back and write a new beginning, as Maria Robinson said, but I can start today and write a new ending. No matter how ugly that back there is. No matter how much I've wasted or regretted. Or or even how much I'm like, look at me, I don't regret anything. Starting here, it's a new way of thinking. And it's a blank sheet. You and Jesus get to figure out how to write that. the old saying, you've heard me say, I may not know how, I may not know sure when or how I'm going to die, but I can sure as heck make a decision on how I'm going to live till then. I can do that. Said last week, one of the greatest spiritual things that we have, I think it's McManus that says it, or McManus is, and he had to to kind of process it, spiritual things, uh, disciplines we have is the ability to choose. To choose to follow him. Because it's rooted in love. Second thing, kids, they still get the wonderment and awe of life and most of all of God. This wonderment of just this going, wow, look at this thing. Look how this thing is working. And I mean, some of the smallest things, they will, they, I think I've shared, I know I've shared this before, I think I even shared it on the Christmas Eve video, but us walking a South Mountain with Tori and Cameron and Macy and I, my, my, she's now 10 years old, but I think she's probably 7 or 8 years old at the time, Cameron, granddaughter, and, and she said, and she turned and she looks from South Mountain in the middle of February, which is more beautiful sometimes than it is other times, but you look back across the valley and you see all the mountains north and she goes, Wow. And she goes, G-pop, is that all Arizona? And I said, yeah, but there's so much more. They're just wowed by the awesomeness of God. I've shared with you before, before Sydney was born, our oldest daughter, uh, our first, our firstborn, I wasn't a believer, but my, my, my sales manager at Or Chevrolet, I know I'm not sure he was a believer either. I don't know about that. But he told me, he, he said, Gentry, are you going to be in the delivery room? And I said, yes, sir, I am. He said, well, I'll tell you this. He said, if you don't believe, he said, do you believe in God? I said, well, you know, kind of. Well, yeah, you know, like, I'm from Arkansas. Of course, I, everybody believes in God there, right? Everybody goes to church. We're part of a church. Everybody. He said, do you believe in God? I said, yeah, yeah. He said, I'll tell you this, if you don't believe in God, you will after you witness that. It's just unbelievable how we lose the aweness, the ability to have awe of what God does. But little kids are amazed, a new adventure each day. Hey, let's go. It's almost like a clean slate every day, Right? One of the things I think kids are challenged with, and I, I, this may be for some of you. I put it in my notes here. For kids, because of the way each day unfolds, and maybe they're learning something each day, is that time slows down for them. I don't know if you remember as a kid that Christmas seemed like it was like 20 years away. <laughs> it just wouldn't get here. I don't know if anybody else was like that. It just couldn't get here fast enough. But I love, and I wrote this down, and you can do with it what you wish. It says, of course, we don't normally notice this process taking place like uh, adults. All we notice is the weird feeling of a day being, as a kid, being really long, even though we know it has just 24 hours and there's 365 days in a year. But as we age, this process comes into play even more, making time seem to fly by much faster. Anybody ever have that issue? Time's flying by. This is because the more we age, the more often we come in contact with information our brains have already processed. This familiar information takes a shortcut through our brains, giving us the feeling that time is speeding up and passing us by. For young children, it's easy to see how this would work in reverse. Since the majority of information their brains are processing would be brand new and require more time to process, still just 24 hours the encouragement to all of us, keep learning, keep reading. And you know, one of the huge things for all of us is learning more about God, but just even other things. Go to new places. Take new adventures. Slow things down a little bit because kids, the reason why it seems so long is everything they're bringing in is taking longer to process because it's all new to them. I may just be encouraging some of you to get a little more adventures. I don't know. Another one is their kids have courage. Because if you didn't, you'd never learn how to ride a bike, would you? You'd never learn just to jump off the side of the pool. You'd never learn how to swim if it didn't take courage. you almost going, and part of it is, is that you have this dependence that who is it, who, the people who are teaching you are going to take care of you. They got you. Yeah, I've said this to my kids. You know, I kiss my kids on top of the forehead. And that's one of the things that I, it's just been kind of my deal. And I'm not even sure why it ever started. I didn't go back to some, you know, uh, Old Testament Hebraic kind of deal. I don't know how it started. Now I've kind of backtracked later. I just kiss them right there on the, on the crown of the head. But one of the things I realized, and I told this to Summer and Colton, I was so encouraged when both of them wanted me to do it at their wedding. And I've done it in all the other weddings. And I said, but, but that the point of kissing them on top of their head is, It just says, I got you. Just want you to know I got you. Again, I don't know if I can always be there and got you every time, (laughs) but I want to be. The kids begin to go, I got you. Tori would go to sleep at night. She would make sure, I'm sure just before, I think, but she would run up those stairs Then she'd make when we had two stories. She wanted to be in bed before I went to sleep. She wanted to make sure somebody was still up when she got in that bed and went to sleep. Then she'd tell me that she'd yell down from the top of the stairs, Come check on me, tons and tons. But you just know somebody else is up, somebody else has got it. And I can go to sleep. Aren't you glad that God doesn't work 20 hour days or four tens? <laughs> Their imagination is almost unlimited. I heard it again this week. I was listening to McManus again this week. but he was t- It's where I'd heard it years ago, and you've heard me repeat it here before. But he said, I think it was NASA did a study years ago that 98% of 5-year-olds are considered geniuses when it comes to imagination and creativity. 98% of 5-year-olds are considered geniuses when it comes to imagination and creativity. By the time those, they followed the kids for 20 years, I think it was, By the time they were 25, only 2% were. So what's crazy is we don't have to teach genius and creativity and imagination. All we got to do is squash it. Think about that. We don't have to be taught that. We just have to be squashed that. Thank you. What have your kids told you over the years? Things that just crazy, right? Just crazy things they've said over the years. You're going, how did that story, you know? Colton years ago did a deal. We, I walked in the house and he had a little tight bas- basketball go. Some of you have heard this before. A little tight basketball go. And I'm going to say a word here that some of you are going to get offended by, but work with me. Okay. But uh, I, I, we walk in and just me and him at the house and walk by and uh, and I got my back to him walking into the kitchen and he just, uh Sorry about that. Still there? And, and we walk into the, I walk into the kitchen. He's behind me, and he's, he's three years old, and he just goes, hey, get your butt over here. I turned around. I said, what did you say? He said, I didn't say that. He said, my basketball girl said that. So I turned around and laughed, okay? So I told Jan about it. I told Jan about it. So Jan the next day is talking to Colton. They're on the floor. They're in the living room. And she's saying to Colton, she says, I heard last night your, your basketball goal was talking or whatever. He goes, yeah. And I know maybe may be butchering a little bit, but you'll get it. And she goes, well, what did he say to you? What did he say? He said, hey, get your butt over here. And she said, well, did you? He goes, no, not when he talks to me like that. (laughs) Just the imagination. We all have dreams. Life squashes those. But if we've got a blank slate... What if? Just what if God's going, I want you to begin to think like you were when you were five years old. I want you to begin to think that way. Don't be thinking the most cynical way. Don't be thinking the most way that you can get it squashed. Begin to think with a blank slate, and me and you do this together. Be with a community of people who are going to encourage it. Be with people who, if you come up with an idea you come up with a dream, you come up with a thought, maybe it's stupid, maybe it'll never happen, but at least they go, well, let's talk about it instead of going, I'm going to put my thumb in your back. And I tell you what, you don't want to hang out with insecure people. You hang out with insecure people, every one of them, they're going to smash your dreams because they're not dreaming probably. And the last thing they want to do is you dream. It makes them feel uncomfortable. The familiar doesn't become boredom for them. How many of your kids can watch the same show over and over? Like a thousand times. think <laughs> like Tori and Colton went to sleep with Good Burger. Was that what it was? Like for like four years. <laughs> I mean, it's like, like what is going on here? People ask us, how can you keep showing up for church Sunday after Sunday after Sunday and not be bored and just not get old? Because we've said before, hope never gets old. Joy never gets old. And I would encourage some of you, one of the things that I think is, is joy is that one of the things the kids do is that they, their inhibitions, I mean, they, they'll do almost anything. They'll dance. They'll do all kinds of crazy stuff. I've had to learn that from my kids. There's things I've told you this before. There are things that I do with my kids I won't do with anybody else. I'll dance, things I wouldn't do with the youth group, because I wanted my kids, one, to know that it was special to them personally, that it wasn't with everybody else. But I also learned if I'm going to have a lot of fun, I've got to get out of myself sometimes, get out of who I would really be designed to be and have fun for the sake of others, for bringing joy. But, but, but for my kids, I love the fact that little kids will, will do things that you just would never think about doing as an adult. One of them is ask questions, right? <laughs> Curiosity for kids. One of the questions, <clears throat> I don't know if you, any parent, any other parents ever experienced this, but just maybe me. Is your child going, But why? Why? Well, this is what we're going to do. Why? No, I just need you to, but, but why? Because there's a curiosity. When you're in the mode of learning and growing and you know you're, why not ask why? How many things do you do in life if you just sat down and started looking at them going, why do I do this this way? Why? Macy? I mean, because they ask honest questions. Sometimes they're almost embarrassing questions. Sometimes they're things that you go, okay, I, never would, I would have never said that as an adult, but I would say it as a child, Okay. Now, Macy asked me one time, I think I shared this with you before too. He said, We were, I think it may have been on the same hike, I don't know, that we were on with Cameron, but she said, and she just asked me, She said, G-pop? She's like three years old. What kind of English do you speak? I said, South Arkansas. She said, No, you don't. I said, Yes, I do too. I really do. start with why, is something we've repeated since we started renovation years ago, Simon Sinek's book. He said, because what will tell people and how and who gives people information, gives them framework, gives them guidelines, gives them okay. But why inspires people? Why do you follow Jesus as your Savior? Well, I go to church every week. I read my Bible. No, no, but the question is why? Well, why do you go to that church? Well, I go to that church because it's a, a, a Nazarene background, so I do that. or, or I get, No, no but, but, but really, why do you follow Jesus? Why do you do it with those group of people? Because in that, not just what, not just how, not just when, not just who, but why inspires people and moves the dial. You need to know why. Kids ask why. They, 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 they dig in. They want honesty about it. One of the things I look at in Scripture, I I do believe Jesus was unbelievable at telling stories, the greatest storyteller ever, if you will. But he was trying to get for people to think He was trying to tell the story where they just hadn't heard it so many times that they just go, oh, yeah, I know that. No. You're going to have to understand the meaning behind this. You're going to have to break this down. You're going to have to process this different than you had all along. And one of the things I've shared with you earlier is that when Jesus talks about being a child, it is a continuous growth. I mean, you cannot imagine... Raising a child in your home and not expect continuous growth. I mean, you don't want a fifteen-year-old, if everything is supposed to be the way it's supposed to be, just because they haven't grown. You don't want a fifteen-year-old still dirtying their diaper or can't walk. That sounds gross. I get it, but you understand what I'm saying here. We gotta grow. We gotta continue to grow. To come as a child. 1 Corinthians 13:11. when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put away the, the ways of childhood behind me. There is a maturing that we'll talk more about next week. But the last one I would say as we close today. Jesus in Matthew 19 says, do not hinder them, do not cause them to stumble. It would be better to have a millstone hung around your neck and dropped in the bottom of the ocean than to cause one of these little ones to stumble. Fortunately, I read that early on. And no doubt, I've not lived, no, there's nothing even close to perfect as a parent but one of the things I did understand early on they are impressionable and they imitate more is caught than taught so we come back to Mother's Day we come back to being parents come back to being aunts and uncles We come back to being older brothers and sisters. We come back to being friends of families who have children. We become grandparents. The earliest part of what your grandchildren and children are going to learn about Jesus won't just be attending church and it won't just be reading in Scripture. It'll be watching your life. Is this thing lining up? Does this make sense? My mom was, she was unbelievable. And those who know her, I don't, just not even, she was, she's amazing. Most of you saw, if I've said before, I lost a decade in there. I call it the lost decade, but God's, thank goodness, gone back and can bring things out of it, but 16 to 26, but about 19, 20, 21 years old. I was still living at home. Shouldn't have been, but I was. And what I mean by that is should have been long gone somewhere else, but I was still living at home and coming home at 3 or 4 in the morning, drunk most of the time. I remember pulling up in that driveway over and over and over and over and over and over again on that house on the side of the hill in this big, enormous picture window. I mean, it was probably... I mean, somebody may not know what a picture window is. That may be a way of saying it nowadays, but it's huge glass and then windows on the side, this picture window. And I would look up, and she'd be sitting there waiting. She wouldn't go to bed until I got home. Would not do it. I'd walk in that house, drunk, as they say here in Cooter Brown sometimes, and walk right by her. She'd go to bed and never say a word. But she just loved me. I knew it was not acceptable. I knew it, but there was unconditional, unconditional love. So when I raised our kids, and we raised our kids, you know, and and not exactly like my parents did, but the one thing that I, even when my kids rebelled, I always wanted to show them unconditional love. Always. But that was caught by watching a mom and a dad do that. Yes, it was Christ in my heart, too. I get that. Yes. The next few weeks, I'll finish this series up. But one of the things we're going to do on the 23rd is have baptism, if there's anyone at that point who would want to follow Christ in uh, spiritual baptism or Christian baptism. And we'll get you more information out on that. But there are steps. And obedience. And I had other notes here that I won't get into. I don't think I got to 10 today, so that's okay. To come as a child, though, to trust. And one of the traditions we have is, obviously, we do communion, but the other one's baptism. Baptism doesn't save you. (laughs) By no means. It is being born again. But the one thing, baptism is what it joins you with the saints through the ages. It is what Christians do, if you will. And uh, we would encourage you to follow Christ in that, so just to let us know at the office. But happy Mother's Day. In our culture today, that gets a little lost. Church can never lose that. And what it means to be an example. Some of you today, uh, it's already been said this is a hard day for you. I called my mom every Sunday morning for all the years until she passed away three years ago, every Sunday morning before I preached. I'm not sure my preaching has lost its step or not over the last three years, three and a half years. But we'll never replace them. And uh, just encourage you, uh, as we talked about the blank sheet today, even if it's unforgiveness, start today. Why don't you stand with me and close in closing prayer and get you out of here. Lord, we just come before you today thanking you for mothers. Wow. And, Lord, you uh, you had a great plan how all this works. But, Lord, we just pray today that whether we're a parent here today or we're a child here today or need to become as a child in the way that you would describe it, Lord, to be born again. Lord, either one, that we would be parents, that it is rooted, it is rooted in love. Everything we do is rooted in love. And Lord, we know today as we come to you, we will never probably grasp how wide and how deep and how long is the love of God for us. But just know today, it's rooted in that. We love you, Lord. Thank you for this time here today. Thank you for our folks. Thank you for the moms in the room and, Lord, moms that have gone before us to pave the way for this great life. We love you. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Go have a great week, uncommon week in his name.